In today's episode, you're going to hear how this nonprofit founder was activated when her son was diagnosed with autism. Welcome to the Nonprofit Activator Podcast. This is Tiffany Allen, and this is episode six of the podcast where we are amplifying the good work that small nonprofit founders are doing all across the world. And instead of focusing on the negative, we are lifting up the good stories that a lot of people just don't hear. So today, I am so happy to introduce you to Jamila Tucker Malero of Autism Rec. And it is a nonprofit in the Philadelphia area. They provide community education, programs, critical resources, recreational activities, and support services to the families of autistic children. So you're going to learn today about how Jamila's experience when her son was diagnosed with autism turned into a mission to help other parents and families just like hers. Jamila and her tenacity is really inspiring. She does not give up and she just has a way with the children where they just trust her and open up. Just as a heads up, this podcast is a recording of a live video on LinkedIn. So if you do hear a reference to something on the screen, you can just look in the show notes for the links. And don't forget to stay all the way to the end with activation mode where you can give and support Autism Rex social skills groups. I am so excited for you to hear more. So let's get into it. Welcome Jamila to the podcast. Hello, Tiffany. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, I'm excited to hear your story. I'm excited for people to learn more about what you're doing. So just take us to the beginning. Tell me about Autism Rec and the moment that activated you to start your organization. Um, so going back to when my son was first diagnosed, um, when he was diagnosed, we was in the doctor's office, me and my husband, they told us your son has autism. Mm-hmm. They gave us this big binder and sent us on our way. Mm. So from there, we just had to do our own research and make our own phone calls and get the necessary help that he needed. Mm -hmm. Um, So we started Autism Rec and Jay Just Wants to Play is a connection with that Mm -hmm. um, based on a true story. Jasir is my son who has autism. Um, He never liked playing with kids. And that's one sign of having autism they like to stay to themselves Mm -hmm. they don't like to socialize but one particular day one particular time he wanted to play with the other kids on the block but they Mm -hmm. didn't want to play with him because they didn't understand him because he really couldn't talk he really didn't play with the Mm -hmm. basketball which they were playing with he didn't really know how to use that basketball or play with it correctly Mm -hmm. Um, so from there I just saw the interest that my son had. So I took that. I went on Facebook and um, tried to find a couple of social media pages or groups that was geared towards parents dealing with autism. Mm-hmm. So from there, I just invited a couple parents out. I booked a, a room, um, a space out, invited a couple parents out for a play day. Um, it was a, a huge turnout, more than I expected, just from that one post. And from there, I just started doing different events like Halloween parties, um, backpack giveaways. And that was something that I did because autism kids are often left out and not thought of mm. when these events are happening. Um, Halloween parties, they not, may not like the loud sounds or the spooky sounds. 
They may have sensory issues for light, sound, anything. So I wanted to do events and parties and things that was more geared to them. Mm-hmm. And I felt like autism kids should have or should be able to live a life of a, as I say, I don't want to say normal kid, but mm-hmm. should be able to live the same life that my other kids live. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to start doing different things and start doing things that was geared towards them and make it so that parents don't feel left out as well. I love that. Cause it's so funny. You hear about autism a lot of the disabilities that kids have. Um, you hear that mentioned a lot cause a lot of kids are diagnosed, but it's just interesting that even now in this day and age, there still aren't enough services for the kids, but also just for the families and for support. So I love that you just did this organically and it just happened because it was a need and you just stepped up as a mom to get it done. I love that. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about like, why is autism rec needed? You went into it a little bit about like families needing support, but what does it mean for a family um, when they don't have the support to support their child who's going through autism? Um, It means being isolated. It means wearing and tearing down on your mental health because with you being isolated and you sometimes blaming yourself that this is happening to your child or you blaming yourself or beating yourself down that you don't know what to do for your child or even if you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So the isolation can tear you down alone. Um, Not having a support group, not having... I say, you know, it, they say it takes a village. So not having that village outside of your family, because sometimes even your family don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And since they don't understand it, they can't support you either. Mm-hmm. So having a community, having a place where even the kids can say, I have a place where I feel comfortable, mm-hmm. where I feel wanted, I'm not being judged and I can be myself. That's what autism records for and Mm -hmm. just doing that alone makes me feel like I'm doing something that's worthy yeah and y'all have to go on Jamila's Facebook page because you will see the pictures of the kids and they just feel so welcome and I love when you dress up as the characters (laughs) because they get so excited but you can tell they feel like they belong and Mm -hmm. like you can see like the expressions on their faces and it's amazing to see so make sure y'all check out the Autism Rec Facebook page, because it's actually a nonprofit. So let's talk about that, Jamila. Like you started with doing parties and you started with just bringing people together for play dates. So how did you get to this point where you're now like a a whole nonprofit? So um, doing the parties, it was me and my husband, we were just paying out of pocket Mm -hmm. Um, or we would make some candles because it was a lot of different things that I had like different talents with doing. So I would make candles or I would do some baking to mm-hmm. make some sales to be able to host a party. Mm-hmm. So with hosting the parties, it just became overwhelming with just doing it by myself. And it's just me and my husband. Mm-hmm. So after talking with my son's speech therapist, who was working with him for seven years, um, talking with her and her wanting to join in. And then once the pandemic started in 2020, we
we were getting a whole lot of phone calls with parents just being scared, um, parents just needing extra support, um, you know, just again, being isolated, kids being off their routine. And that's another thing with kids with autism, they're used to routine. So Mm -hmm. when they're off their routine, that can, you know, throw their whole day out of whack and and throw the whole behavior out of whack. Um, So I just said, it's time to take that step to become a nonprofit, to not just get the financial support, but get the support of board members, get the support of volunteers, because doing it as a for-profit, you don't get that help that you need, or not even as a for-profit, we were just doing it. You don't get that help and support you need financially or with just volunteers wanting to show up and help you. Mm-hmm. So you now have a nonprofit and it's going really well. Um, what are some of the things that surprised you about having a nonprofit? Oh, wow. Um, to paperwork. So <laughs> um, paperwork, uh, the grants, me be starting in the beginning thinking that okay I'm a nonprofit the grants is just gonna come um <laughs> like like the grants is just gonna be falling at our mailbox or right. <laughs> things like that but I learned that it's not that simple mm-hmm. and that you actually have to put in the work you actually have to come up with a plan it's just like having a business plan you have to have that plan you have to have that revenue you have to have that paperwork. You have to dot your I's and cross your T's and make sure you got that period at the end. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing that I learned. Yeah. I think that surprises most people. Like, And all the rules and the regulations yes. and not knowing yes. what you don't know <laughs> like, until you get something in the mail. And that yes. can be really scary. So... I feel like a lot of times donors and funders just don't understand that that is a scary experience. It's something you're learning new every day, but you're also doing the work. So if you could speak to a donor, if you could speak to a funder, what are some of the things you would tell them? Um, Or what what are some of the things you wish they knew about starting a nonprofit? Um, It takes a lot of hard work and dedication. Mm -hmm. Um, not just with the paperwork, but financially with starting up a nonprofit. Just um, another thing that I thought, I didn't think that I had to put up any money to start up a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. but you do in order to start that nonprofit, maintain that nonprofit, you need donors and funders like, like people like yourself that Mm -hmm. can support other nonprofits or that can support a nonprofit period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's com- that goes completely over some of their heads because they're so used to working with organizations that are established and they don't understand like having the pressure of proving yourself when you're new, but still having the expectation that you have to know everything while you're growing. That's a lot. Um yes. But that's one of the reasons why I love highlighting new and small nonprofits, because despite that, you still persevere, you still make it and you're still like making a huge difference in people's lives. So I would love to hear like I've heard several stories of how Jamila has helped 
um, kids in the Philly area, but I would love to hear a story that you want to, to lift up or highlight about how autism rec changed somebody's life. Um, we had a, I can tell you two stories because okay. both of these stories uh, basically touched my heart. Uh, one kid who, he just had a hard time with his behavior, with his just being at, stuck at one place for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. um, whenever he came to Autism Record, it was like he was forced by his mom to come to join in and participate. Mm -hmm. But now he loves it. Um, his attitude, his behavior, his mood and everything is just joyful. So when he comes, it's like, wow, that's something that we saw or someone that we saw grow and change within our organization. And it was not just because we took the time to help, but we also gave the parents the resources to find other help outside of Autism Rec. Mm, I love that. So it's not just the child, it's also thinking about the family. And when the family feels supported, then the child yeah. also feels that support. I love that. And then the second story is um, we have social skills group on Saturday. So we have this one kid that he never talked and he's been with us for about a year now. Mm -hmm. And in October, when we had our Halloween party and we had our social skills group theme, um, our Halloween theme for social skills, group, we actually heard him speak for the wow. first time in a year. And everybody was just looking at each other like, oh, my God, we didn't know he can actually say something like we didn't know. So that was exciting to hear him finally open up, I want to say, because a lot of these kids, they say nonverbal, but they can actually they are verbal and they mm -hmm. can speak. It's just sometimes they don't feel comfortable enough to speak. Or mm -hmm. if I do speak, will I be judged on what I'm saying or how I'm saying it? So mm -hmm. for him to, to come out and speak in October and he's been speaking and talking ever since, oh. it's, it's, just, it's amazing. And it makes me say, okay, this is worth it getting mm -hmm. up every day and, and struggling financially at times, wanting to give up, but it's worth it to hear, see those testimonies and to hear those kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, though, why do you think that is like I can see from like from the outside looking in and seeing your growth, I can see why you're so success successful and how you approach your work. But why do you think the kids are taking to your services and why do you think you're seeing the successes you see? Um, because I take my time with them. Mm -hmm. um, I am also an a autism mom myself. So my son is autistic he's 14 and just knowing that sometimes i have to get down on his level mm -hmm. so if i have to get on the floor with these kids to be on their level to mm -hmm. talk to them and to to help them manage with their their moods mm -hmm. or their behaviors um that i think alone and then our space is is catered to them Mm -hmm. It's colorful, is is not too bright um, because they do have some kids have sensitivities to light. Mm -hmm. um, so it's everything about our center, everything about what we do, 
is geared towards them and just making them feel comfortable and welcome. And mm -hmm. I think they know that um, with just walking in the door, I high five everybody and I say, hey, you can't leave without giving me a high five. Cause it's just like a couple, you can't go to bed, man. You can't see without saying bye. <laughs> so um, that's just one of the things that we do. And I don't force them to do anything. Um, I let them work at their pace. I let them do, I don't want to say as they please, but I just, I want them to feel comfortable. So I let them feel comfortable and I make the space for them. Mm -hmm. And that is so, so important because and not to get on like other organizations, but sometimes they may move so fast or they're so big or they can't take the time to be personalized and individualized. So that's why I love smaller grassroots organizations, because you have the time to do it and take the time and the care. And that's why you see success. And that's why it's so important to support organizations like Autism Rec because of the successes they're seeing. But as you heard Jamila say, at times they struggle financially, right? To be able to scale and do the work that they do. So I want to kind of move into what I call activation mode, where I want you as the listener to think about how you can support organizations just like Jamila, Jamila's organization. And so what I want to do is ask you right now, Jamila, what's something that Autism Rec needs right now? Um, right now, we can always, always use financial support. Um but we can also use volunteers. Um, so we're looking for volunteers, the financial support, and just even maybe uh, supplies. If you want to donate supplies, uh, crayons, paper, pencils, that little bit of stuff helps. Um, donating food or a gift card to a supermarket, that little stuff helps because while they're there in our space, we want them to be comfortable so we we go food shopping. We it's their home away from home. So we have things there that they can feel comfortable with, things that they need while they're there. And we also have a before and after care. So we have computers. We can always use uh, tech support and and things of that nature. So it's it's plenty of ways that you can donate and support us without coming out of your pocket. So y'all heard it, right? So there are many ways beyond money to support Autism Rec today. Of course, money is also appreciated. So if you are watching this on the screen, I have put the website up. You can go to www.autismrec.com. So that's autismrec.com. Did I get that right? It's org.org. Thank you, Jamila. Rec.org. And also I have a QR code with Jamila's donate link on there. So you can, if you're watching this on a video, you can also take a picture of that QR code and it will go to her donate link. And if you're listening to this just through audio, I will put the links in the show notes as well. Okay. So while we're talking about activation, Jamila is actually um, one of the followers of Boss on a Budget and she also participates in our cheat codes room on Clubhouse. And so I would love to hear how either Boston a Budget or Cheat Codes has activated you and helped change things for you and your nonprofit journey. Um, it activated me, one boss on a budget uh, activated me by going after grants. 
um, even if it's grants that I think that we may not qualify for or things that I think that we that's not aligned with our mission, um, still go after it so that we can get our name out there so that people can see us. And I've also learned that you need to also have revenue. Mm -hmm. um, revenue is one of the biggest things that a lot of these funders, and if you're looking for that big time money, um, mm -hmm. they're asking and wanting to see your financial statements and your revenue and want to know what else is are you bringing in and it's not just grants so that was one thing i learned um another thing i learned um was to treat my nonprofit as a business mm -hmm. and not just a nonprofit because it is a business um and another thing i learned was to one from nonprofit chicos is i want to say which I felt feel like is important too is mm -hmm. take some time for yourself, which yes. I am still I am still trying to do that, <laughs> uh, but I, I I am working on it. Um, but I, I learned that, um, and to also just keep a a tracker of your a grant tracker, like the mm -hmm. grants that you're applying for, even the many grants, because when you apply for one year, you can go back and apply for it the next year. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one thing I learned to keep track of that. And then also keeping track of that. A lot of the funders do ask, have you ever received a grant from us before? Mm -hmm. um, you received it, the amount that you received. So having that information at a click of a button is very, very, um, I want to say is, is easy. It's a blessing. And it takes a whole lot of time away from trying to go and find and going through paperwork and things like that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love those tidbits. I love that advice. So if there's a founder out there listening, Jamila, what three pieces of advice would you give that person for their startup journey? Um, come up with a plan for your revenue. Mm -hmm. Um make sure you have your strategic plan or business plan together um make sure that you and your board is on the same page mm. and that you have an active board um and i say that that would be about it make sure your your, your paperwork is just in line and all together mm -hmm. so y'all heard that money and people <laughs> I say that all the time. Right. Thinking about your money and think about the people you're attracting, especially the board. I love it. So, okay, last question, Jamila. What if your nonprofit was a song, what would it be? I wanna say, and some people say this is so odd, but I wanna say uh Katy Perry, mm -hmm. um, fireworks. Mm-hmm. Now you know I don't I don't know how it would go. How does it go, Jamila? Like what's the word? <laughs> um, so it is um you don't have to sing it, you can just say the word. <laughs> so it's like um so in the beginning it's like you're a paper bag blowing through the wind. Mm -hmm. um, people don't see you, people don't hear you, 
Mm. But at, at one point in time, they're going to hear you roar. You're going to be like a firecracker. You're going to soar. Oh, I know that song. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Right? I yeah. love that. So people may be discounting you now or may not see yes. the good yeah. in you, the great in you, but don't worry, yeah. they will. Yes. I love that. That's a perfect way to end. I want to encourage not just you, Jamila, but other nonprofit founders to keep going. If you stay consistent and you stay true to your mission and why you did this, then people will see the greatness in you and you will be able to roar. So I love that song. Thank you for bringing it up, Jamila. Is there anything else you want to share before we end? Anything about your organization or or where people can find you? Please go ahead and do that. Um. So... We are starting our next session of social skills group in February uh, February 10th. So mm-hmm. we can always use supplies and donations for that. That session is we're working on building life skills um, as well as social skills and communication skills. So that session will be our cooking workshop session. So the kids will learn how to cook. They will learn how to um, use kitchen safety and things of that nature. So if there's any way that you can support or donate your time, please, we're looking for chefs that can help us, um, that can maybe come out and do some different um, meals and things for the kids and maybe some healthy meals for the kids. Uh, We also have our summer program um, starting, which is our summer camp. So we are looking for people to sponsor a child that may not be able to afford to attend summer camp, but their parents need the services. So we're asking people to sponsor a child or sponsor one of our um, field trips. Love that. So y'all heard it here. You can find Jamila at autismrec.org. And she also has a Facebook page and I will be listing places where you can find her also in the show notes. Thank you so much, Jamila, for joining me on today's episode, and we'll see y'all in the next one. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you share this podcast with someone who needs to hear some good news today. And don't forget, make sure you subscribe to the Nonprofit Activator podcast on all major podcast networks as we work to amplify all the great work that you need to know about. See you next time.